Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. So if you've been around for a while, you know that we've had a few tough years or a few tough decades, depending on how you look at it. And as we're on the doorstep of magnificence, I think about, I'll have to confess, I've had a few moments throughout the years where I wonder, why am I still here? And why do I care? And so this song really describes it for me, and I dedicate it to all of you. In the company of angels In the company of angels In the company of angels That's where I dwell was brought to this healing place and I was brought to this saving grace and I was brought to this smiling face and this is where I
expect me to preach after that. you get where you need to be and I tell you guys I need to be here today with you guys and I'm grateful to be here today you guys are angels and I'm in the company of angels I thank you all I have I, I don't really have a funny story to tell <laughs> But I can make you cry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. I'm still silly then. Okay. So I have been being touched all week because I've been getting these beautiful cars of inspiration and from some angels here in the, in the congregation. And I want to thank all of you who have sent your letters to me because sometimes you don't know Sometimes you have moments where you say, God, is, that, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Seriously, is it really what I'm supposed to be doing? And you feel good at what you're doing, but sometimes that human part will come in. 
And you'll wonder, am I really making a difference? Because I promise you guys, I'm not going to cry through the whole thing. Let me just get through this part. <laughs> I promise you guys, it took me 30 years of God chasing me for me to actually step into my purpose and into my passion. Now, I've done it throughout my life because I can't help doing it. But I finally accepted it. What God sustains you, what God ordains you to be, God will sustain you to be. And I've known for years that I am a minister. It, was not, it wasn't that I was meant to be a minister. It is that I am a minister. And I minister to people in different ways. It may be something funny. It may be something touching. It may just be sitting there listening while someone expresses what they're hurting and being that present. I've always been that. I've always been that, even when I was little, listening to my mom sharing things that, and I miss her right now, and I miss my sister too, but she would share things, and she'd be hurting, and I was the one she listened to, and she was the one her mother listened to, and her mother was the one she listened to. So it's, it's through generations. And it's funny, because my mom was a child psychologist, and um, I started to go into psychology, but then I got scared of the brain. It's like, nope, I'll do business. <laughs> but a minister is a spiritual psychologist. A minister is what Jesus was and is still. And you guys minister in your own way as well. It may not be as a title of reverend, but you minister some way. And I really hope that you are stepping into yours. One thing that will stop us is our story. This story we carry around in our head over and over again. I always mess up. No one's ever going to love me. I'm not good enough. I'm too old. I'm too skinny. I'm too big. I don't have the skills that so-and-so has. I can't do it that way. But what if I get out there and I fall flat on my face? How, I don't know how to do that. Whatever the story is, there is a story in our head. And we go over it over and over again. And it's beautiful that we go over it over and over again. We ruminate on it. It's beautiful that it's there. Because in those stories that feel that way, that weaken us, that is where your, your strength lies. So that's why I'm going into deeper into the, the, the theme in your, uh, your strength lies in your story. Because it can be a tape that's run through your head over and over and over again so much that you begin to live it without even realizing it. You begin to be it. And it's not even that's what you're being. You begin to play the role in it. And you become the best actor and actress that you can be in that role. You can get a, a nomination for it, an Oscar-winning nomination for being that role. And the kicker is someone else gave you the script. It's not even your script. When I was here last week, I uh, used the scripture from John it's the gospel according to John, and it was chapter 16, verse 33. And as I told you, and I was saying that it was the time where Jesus was preparing his disciples for his death, what was going to happen. And he was being explicit with them, and he was preparing them because he knew that without him, they would have those moments where they would get terrified. 
Do you remember times when you were little, when you might not have had your parents around you, and you got scared? You might have tried something new, and you got scared. I know when I um, began as, uh, when I was a t uh, kindergarten teacher, substitute teacher, the first time I started, there were a lot of kids who were just sitting crying and crying because I want my mommy, I want my mommy. And even now, as a substitute teacher, when I go into preschool, I have a lot of kids who might say that too, I want my mommy. And they're terrified to be without their parent or to be without that person in their life that was a rock. Anybody had that experience where you were scared to be without that person? Yeah, who held that strength for you and you're like, how am I going to do it without it? How am I going to do this without them? I've had those experiences too. <clears throat> but then there's those experiences that come on where we're terrified even when they are there. And you're lonely and feeling scared even when they are there. It's because it's in your head, not the person's presence that's making you feel safe and secure. It's because in your mind, you were feeling safe and secure at that moment. And even when they're there in the moments, and sometimes it happens, usually it happens in a moment that that person has rejected you or hurt your feelings or disappointed you. Now you feel alone because you don't have what it was you were look, you know, thinking you were getting from them. It's in the mind. So Jesus was preparing his disciples to not lean on him for that strength. Because he knew he was leaving physical presence, but he was teaching them to lean on the Holy Spirit within so he often told them, I'm going to send you a, I'm going to send you a teacher. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit will teach you everything that I've taught you. But it wasn't from the outside. It was from within. So he says to them, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in you. Peace in you. Well, no, he said peace in me. He said, I told you that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Now, he said peace in me. He did say that, but there was a specific thing he meant when he said peace in me. What he meant is that when you behave the way I behave and follow what I've taught, you will see that I stand on the strength, the spiritual strength of God, which lies in me. And then you will do the same. You will do the same. This last week has been interesting to me because I have been going through things over and over again. Now, last week I told you about how I had overcome that situation with my mother-in-law, my ex-mother-in-law, how I had, um, she had email, emailed me or, well, send that message, I don't know what that's called, that Facebook messenger stuff. I'm learning it. <laughs> But she, I call it face, I don't remember what I call it, but I don't call things their own names. I have Kellyisms. Like there's a thing, a game called Words with Friends. I call it Words with People. And I say the face thing, I, you know. And then it's the snaps chaps or whatever that's called. Um, you probably know what it is, Riley. Yeah. The kids know what I'm talking about when I'm saying it. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was like, why was that bothering me so much that she sent me the message, you know, saying that she gives, um, pray, she's praying and giving her condolences, and then after that, asking, can she get my brother's help on something? Why was that bothering me so much? And then I sent her a message back saying, thank you for your prayers and condolences. You know, being politically correct, because you're supposed to be nice to people, 
you know? Even when they're not being nice to you, you're supposed to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. But then I thought about it even more after that. What I'd really have people to do unto me is to be honest, not phony. And I was being phony in that moment. And then I, I, so I, go, I went deeper into, okay, so I acknowledged that piece, and I, I responded back to her, and I told her, you know what? I wasn't being sincere when I said thank you for your prayers and condolences because actually my feelings were hurt by the way you set, sent them and then asked me after that, can, you, can you, I connect you to my brother who helps clear out homes because you're moving? I'm thinking you're only doing that because you want something from me, right? But there's something in my story in that moment that I created as an issue. And every time we go through something where we're disappointed or upset at somebody, there's a story going on in our mind that's re-triggered. And a beautiful part about the story and about the feelings is that it will keep coming up to be healed over and over again until you heal it, it will keep playing. It'll go on replay over and over again. And so as we go deeper in healing that, we look at those things in the story that's causing us to feel hurt or pain or disappointment. What is in there? We don't even have to know where it came from, but what is it? Mine was, I'm not good enough for her to even acknowledge me for the sake of me, not for what she can get from me. People only are nice for me if they want something from me. And they will only be in my life if I can give it. That was part of my disease to please, and that was the story that started coming up at that time. And when I acknowledged the truth in it this week, because I, 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 took, I took the big step by con not confront, confronting myself and asking myself, what's bothering you? Why can't you sleep? And it's because you weren't sincere when you responded to her. So then I responded to her in the correct way. And then I talked to her on the phone and cleared things up. But there was still something in me what was bothering me. And it was that I felt that she still didn't love me. I, she was like, when my mom passed away, she was like, I, I can be your, your mom, too. I'm your mother-in-law, so I can take that role. And I thought, yeah, you can, but she can't. She can't take that role. Everybody has their own role in your life. And even my mother couldn't take on the role that I needed from her either, which was to feel secure in God, which was to feel secure in God. Charles Fillmore says that our strength is the energy of God. And when we're feeling those stories going on, we are not feeling and tapped into the energy of God. I heard this story on the way here, and it's interesting because this talk is being created in this moment. I promise you that. I have been sitting with God, and I have been asking God, what is it? Why are you telling me to go into a deeper story? You're not telling me what the story is that I'm going to go into. Seriously? Tell me a book to read. What am I going to go with? I have heard nothing. I got nothing for you, Kelly. What? <laughs> I got nothing. And it's funny because I did a memorial service yesterday. And in the memorial service, it was the, uh, the, the guy had been in sobriety for 39 years, which is awesome, right? That's awesome. And he had done the best he could to make amends with people which is awesome, but his son still felt like there was pieces missing because all these people got up and said, yeah, my, you're, this, uh, Sam was this and Sam was that, and he was an amazing sponsor, and he was amazing this, 
And the son didn't get that part of him. And even took the, it took the guy 10 years who had passed 10 years to get in remission to have that 39 years of sobriety. And I thought that was amazing because that's an amazing sign of perseverance and care for yourself. And then he was in sobriety, kept doing it for 39 years and blessed so many people. But the son still felt like they got the best of my father and I didn't. So he's sitting there trying to talk to me. So I'm asking everybody, does anybody else have anything to say? Now, the guy's stepdaughters got up, and one of them sang and everything. They're happy, but they got the best of him. The son's sitting there like, so I asked, and I looked at him. He said, I got nothing. In that moment, he didn't have anything. So when he talked to me, I knew there was something there. This is the thing. Even when our parents disappoint us, that's still an amazing aspect of our story. Because in that area that our parents have disappointed us, it is because we've been seeking from them what they cannot supply. That's the energy of God. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. Jesus went through his stories in his mind, his disappointment. Can you, under, can, you, can you realize, put yourself in Jesus' place. He's a young child. He knows how powerful he is. He walks around touching and blessing and all of this, but his sisters and brothers hate him, are jealous of him because he's so touched with gifts and they're not, seemingly, in their mind. He's in tune with it and confident and knowing, but his brothers and sisters are not. And I'm sure they knew he had a, strong, a, a deep relationship with his mother that they may not have had, seemingly. And can you imagine how he might have felt? He says in the gospel, um, a man is without honor in his own home. This is the guy that grew up as uh, jo uh, uh, Joseph's uh, son, the carpenter's son. He's a carpenter. How is he the Messiah? Can you imagine the stories that must have gone on in Jesus' mind? I have been, I'm the different one in my family too. And I was teased for being so sensitive. I cried on a drop of a dime. Like I was crying boo-hoo in here. <laughs> Imagine years of going through that with your sister boo-hoo and everything. I can't tell you anything. You always got to cry. <laughs> why can't you grow a thick skin? And my mom's sitting there boo-hooing too telling me, why can't you grow a thick skin? I'm like, why can't you? We're going to cry together. <laughs> I get up and chip off the old block, the crying block. But I realized even in that, that I don't think my mom realized. And I believe that, you know, there's a scripture that says the sins of the father are, are, are visited in the next generations, but the blessings and the knowledge and the wisdom is too when you pass it down. I got to the point where I realized that crying was a strength. And I released that you're weak, you're nothing because you keep crying on a drop of a dime. And I stepped into because I'm sensitive to others, because I'm empathic and I pick up on, I'm a receptor to other people's feelings. And when I cry, it clears me so that I can be that again. That's awesome. My story changed because I tapped into the energy of God and I asked myself the truth. Now, there's still stories there. And every story that comes up that hurts and feels terrible and, and makes you feel weak, in that story lies your strength. 
Because somewhere your, your mind has sinked into getting strength from somewhere outside of you that you need to tap into the energy of God within you. Does that make sense? I heard this story. And see, it's interesting because all of this came getting ready for work and all this. I tap on something, it comes up. And I get up here and hear this song, In the Presence of Angels. I have always felt my angels. I've felt other people's angels too. I've tapped people into their own angels. I've seen angels. I've seen the ones that are happy and the ones that are not. I've seen them all. I've grown up in a very interesting life. Because angels, the, 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 the energy around, angels are messengers. There's an energy around. All of us have an energy. And even when we leave our physical body, the energy is still around. It's still around. And I, I feel it. And I've felt it since I was little. And when you're able to feel it, energies come. They have messages. They do. So I've been... Hearing all week, God's been rooting me and rooting me more. And I wasn't supposed to know what I was going to say because I was supposed to trust that God would give me the word in the moment it was meant to come. And that moment is now. The story that I heard on the way here was about this, um, this naturalist had gone to a farm. He had stopped off at a farm and to use the bathroom and he saw these ch chickens. His farmer was out feeding a chicken and there was a big old eagle with them. He was like, why is this eagle here with the chicken? He's like, I don't know. He, he acts like a chicken. He talks, you know, uh, eats like a chicken. He's a chicken. And actually, the egg ended up there, and he hatched, and it was an, it was an eagle, really. So the naturalist said, well, can I take him to his natural habitat and see if you, you know, what happens? He's like, sure, take him. So he takes him up to a big, you know, high hill, whatever, and he puts the eagle there, and the eagle starts to flap his wings, and, and he gets comfortable, and then he stops, and he goes back. He looks back at the chickens, goes, walks back over. Not even high, flies back over to the chickens. And the naturalist was like, okay. He left, but it kept nagging at him that the eagle needed to be in his natural habitat. He's an eagle, should be soaring, knowing what it feels like to be up in the air, like a kite, just in the air. So he goes back and he asks the farmer, can he do it again? And the farmer says, yes. So he takes the eagle out there and the eagle feels the air in his wings again and he jumps off and takes flight. And instead of going, falling, he takes flight and he soars off and he never looks back and never comes back. Never looks back. I invite you all to, in, to just invite the possibility in your mind that you are a spiritual ego as well. And that the story that you have been playing in your mind is a story of a chicken. <laughs> Not to me. I don't like this, but I like this. This feels natural to me. Infinite. Whenever we play those stories in our mind and take somebody else's script and make it ours and we become the Oscar award-winning actress and actor and even a supporting actress and actor, for somebody else's script, it is not going to feel good because it's not your script. It's theirs. And chances are what they passed on to you was something that was passed on to them that they're passing on to you and it's not even right. Look inside yourself at the stories that are playing through your mind, the ones that are amazing, 
feel that God energy in them and log it in deep down inside and then take that energy with you into the stories where you're not feeling so good. I promise you today, sometime today, you're going to hear a story. Sometime today, something's going to trigger it and it's going to come up so that you can hit play. You remember the cassette tapes? You could play over them. Videotapes, you can rewind and play over them. And sometimes you play a movie and another one is longer than the, the first. And so it, it, the, the shorter movie plays out and then the longer ones, there's like, where'd that movie come from? <laughs> In your mind right now, you have the opportunity to rewrite those stories. You co-write them. You've co-created them with God, but they are not infinite stories of your truth, the ego that you are flying out there. Your life is your story. And every piece that you, you know, you ever talk, you, you know, you share, oh, you guess what happened to me? And this is what happened to me. And that's what happened. Anytime something happened to you, that's a story. Whether it's good, I don't want to say good, because that's a judgment. Whether it's something that's pleasant and infinite or unpleasant and limited, it's a story. And we have moments where we say, you know what, I, 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 I get what you're saying, and, but I'm not ready to do this yet. But you know you're supposed to do it. Jesus says, why put off for tomorrow what you can do today? I promise you if you do it today and you're soaring like that ego, you're going to feel so high and so infinite and so blessed. Search your stories. Find those areas of seeming weakness. That is where your strength lies. That spiritual strength. Not the things that you're already good at. This, I heard this athlete. I can't remember his name. He's a football player who, I can't remember his name. But he was talking about how he excelled in everything, and he knew God was with him when he was excelling. Yeah, we know it. Praise God, I've won the lottery. Praise God, my check was more than I thought. Do we praise God when the check's not more than you thought? Because you know God's going to be the source. Seriously, do you? In the moments that we don't and we see lack, in those moments is where truth lies. So look at any moments where you felt rejected, where you feel like you might be a failure, where you might be feeling loneliness, where there might be insecurities, where there's places that you need to make amends or say I'm sorry or say I love you anyway. In any of those moments, I promise you God is pushing you at that edge to be the eagle. And I promise you, God will be the wind beneath your wings so you cannot fall. You can only tap into a higher source of who you are. Does that make sense? I am God's spiritual strength. Together, I am God's spiritual strength. And I'm ready to tap into it together. And I'm ready to tap into it right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Enough said. I'm done. Thank you. Sometimes this world starts breaking me down. I get so lost, I think I'll never be found. And there are moments of fear and doubt, even the best fall to the ground.
Oh, 